0: Show up with the
1: Joneses. Welcome to episode 197 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, where this
0: week, I'm joined by my good friend and super genius, Blake Stratton. Mm, that's right. That's, I'm glad that you got my note for, my, for the intro for Super Genius. Your agent passed it on. Most people don't include that, and that really frustrates me. Well, I got your writer, and you'll
1: notice that there's no green m ms in your little <laughs> m M&M m pile. For regular listeners of the show, you can already tell that something is missing, and that's because AJ is in Australia this week with your wife, no less,
0: Blake. Yeah, a little jealous. How are you feeling? Wifeless. Well, uh, I feel a little bloated. I had a whole pizza last night in lieu of Elena's absence. I just watched basketball and ate pizza all night.
1: Are you... Oh, I might get you into trouble here, but you're powerful. She's powerful. <laughs> I have very low need for quality time, so I don't miss AJ when she's away. Where are you on the quality time spectrum? You see,
0: I knew we'd have a bonding moment about this, because I have a giddiness when I realize how much alone time I might get in a day that I didn't anticipate or that I'm not used to. Right. So I will say that this is the longest I think, this or this will be the longest that Elaine and I have been apart, I think since we've been married. And so there is an element for me of like, I feel like I'm floating almost like, where's my person? I don't know what to do. And, oh, I guess a lot of stuff does happen when she's here and now those things aren't happening. And there is definitely a, oh, I didn't realize, there's an element to, I think, and and Elena, I'm not just saying this because I know you're going to listen to this, but there's an element to our love that I think I didn't fully understand, since we've never been apart this long, since we've been married. Right. That being said. Basketball and a whole pizza isn't <laughs> a bad, bad way to live. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> AJ is ministering with our friends Gary and Sarah Morgan at their School of Prophets, And then School of Prophets is actually running their first conference called the Speak Conference again with Gary and Sarah. So that's where she is. And AJ, I don't know if you know this, AJ had a dream that Elena was with her in Australia, so AJ, just being the person that she is, calls Elena and says, "Hey, would you?" I don't even know if AJ told Elena that, but um, and she said, "Elena, do you want to come to Australia with me?" And Elena was like, "Yeah." So Monday, we dropped off our respective wives and
0: waved goodbye to them. Yeah, that's awesome. I've I've been very excited about this trip, and I' excited for tales to come from this conference this weekend that we'll be at.
1: I mentioned last week by way of like pre-introduction that you actually helped AJ and I get started in podcasting.
0: Like, all of this is your fault, kind of. That is uh, maybe a gross overstatement, I feel like, because well, you are, I was saying this because you probably will this out, so I'm going to say it again. You said this is episode 197, which is, means you are three episodes away from 200 episodes. Right. And the the thing is, when you said the first time... I don't know if you remember this or if I said it out loud, but when you said, Hey, I want to start a podcast, you know, can you talk to me about podcasting, what we should do? Because you had a podcast. I had a podcast. You'd helped other people start podcasts. Yeah, I had helped other people with podcasts. And the thing is, 99.9% of people, myself included, reach a point where, like any new thing that seems like it would be really fun, but actually requires a ton of effort and long term commitment, they burn out, they quit, they get other interests. And so, a little bit, I was like, yeah, you know, totally, just do this, don't, I remember saying, listen, you don't need to spend very much money, just use GarageBand, just get this little mic, because, you know, you never They're know. They're still here. <laughs> they are, uh, but you never know, and then here we are, however many years later, and I, I, four years, I just can't believe, uh, I mean, to be honest, when you asked me to to join you on this podcast, I took it really seriously, because I think... You have really diligently served an audience consistently for a long time, and that and everyone you can't hear them because they're podcast listeners. They're all like (laughs) clapping in their head right now. They're in the crowd, like yeah, they have done a good job. So anyway, that I've been very very impressed with a small like fifteen minutes of training, and now I'm in. But you have got a faulty memory. It wasn't
1: fifteen minutes. (laughs) I remember you you actually lent us everything to start. We borrowed our first microphones, our first cables, you taught us how to hook it up to the Mac, and you actually edited the first 20 or 30 episodes, mm-hmm. maybe. We, we would record, and then I would just upload a Dropbox, you would edit it all, and, and then sooner or later I was like, okay, I think this is going to be a thing. Because AG and I were like, what would we even talk about? Like, we were thinking... We don't even have anything to talk about for ten episodes, so you need to you need to take more credit than you actually have for it. and actually, the microphones that you recommended still live in our studio today they're used when we have guests come in they're great microphones. Do you have my address for the royalty checks actually? yeah actually well, I'm glad that you're here because there's uh just a big bag of pennies that i'm going <laughs> to be handing out to you on the way you're going to love it the other eagle eared listeners that's a phrase i've I've just coined now eagle eared listeners will recognize Blake's sultry tones from episode 111 when you weren't technically on the show, but you interviewed me at my old house. Do you remember? Does God want you to be rich?
0: Oh, my gosh. Because one yes. of the podcasts you have or had. Such a good. Oh, my gosh. It's called are you f- linking to that? There are so many wisdom bombs in there. <laughs> just like I just love
1: that you, you came over. And we're like, hey, um, Elena and I are going to start this podcast called White Flag Wealth. This is the idea behind it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this idea is brilliant. And you're like, can I just sit down and talk with you? And I was like, yeah. And then I, I mean, we just shot the breeze for an afternoon and then you left and I completely forgot about it. And then maybe two, three years later, I had to go somewhere. I, I, something happened and I realized there's no way Agent I can record a podcast this week. So I think I called you and said, this feels really cheeky, but remember we did an interview for your podcast. Could I use that episode on my episode? And and that's, if you're like, where have I heard this guy before? You've heard him on episode 111 uh, on the title that was really unprovocative called Does God Want You to Be Rich? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not only that, but your incredible aforementioned wife, Elena, was on our show not that long ago, episode 165, she came on and talked about Navigating Disappointment. We got so much amazing positive feedback from that message. Yeah. Super helpful. She's the best. She is. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. She Like,
0: she's a walking... Person. Yeah, she's great at walking... <laughs> Sorry, you were going to leave space because you were going to put a perfect edit, and then no one would know that you were thinking, and I just ruined your flow. This is I, what it's like not having your wife here. She knows. I'm probably. fine.
1: No. i was trying to think about how to express it. I feel like whenever I'm around Elena, I'm provoked to want more out of life. She gets that a lot. Right. She's I, like this. Yeah. She's like so full of life. Have you ever been in a restaurant and you're watching somebody, you know, bring like a glass that's way too full over to the table and you think this is not going to end well and just, you know, kind of runs down the side? That's what Elena's like. She's so brimming with life that if you get in touch with her, have a conversation with her, say hi to her, life is overflowing. And it always provokes me to want something more when I'm, and then don't even get me started by when she starts dancing. And anyway, she's amazing. Episode 165, if you haven't listened to her. So I say all that to say you are no stranger to the Joneses, but for
0: the audience who's tuning in, who perhaps this is the first time they've heard, let me, let me, let me introduce you. Super genius. Is that what the first, I mean, is there more that needs to be said? Know. <laughs> I've known you for what, like seven years, seven, seven years, almost to the day I moved back to Nashville from Reading in 2011. And I met you, I think my second week back. Wow. Wow. I thought it was good that I got the year right, but you've got it to the day
1: and the month. Okay, perfect. I would say, no sense of flattery here, that in my observation of you, and we've worked together, you were staff at the School of Supernatural Life, we've worked together on projects at Grace Centre, we've worked on on the podcast, we've we've known each other, like I said, for seven years. You are one of the hardest working people I know, and I know an awful lot of hardworking people. I would say... You are remarkably solid and steadfast. I've known you, and I've seen you go through ups and downs, relationally, you know, through uh, job stuff. Your perseverance is amazing. You're clearly intelligent. You can't be a genius without being intelligent. (laughs) This is one of the things I love about you, Blake, is you've got such a brilliant ability to think outside of the box, but you can translate that to help linear thinkers think. You have this unique skill of thinking deeply, but communicating
0: simply. I'm glad we're recording this because I'm literally going to listen to this every morning just to feel good about myself. I'm telling
1: you, it's ultra. I'm just thinking about you and thinking you've got this brilliant ability to help people get unstuck in their lives, especially in the area of business. And, you know, you're part of our community, part of our church community, being part of the school community. You're deeply loved by everyone and you're just like this person who I've watched you're like a ten talent person like anything that the lord gives you you're so good at multiplying and here's what i here's what differentiates you from other people who do that the thing that i've noticed is even in your like rapid acceleration of growth you haven't been tainted by what i call the expert mindset so the expert mindset is you reach this place this pinnacle where you work hard, you think hard, you know, you've paid a lot for the mistakes you've made. And now you're kind of in this area where you, you genuinely do have experience and skill and understanding. But most, not most people, I've noticed a lot of people who reach that stage, there's haughtiness or or pride or criticism when they encounter people who don't know what they know or don't think like they think. And I've just watched, I've been in conversations with you where you have schooled me. So gracefully, <laughs> where, where I'm like, hey, you know, like I'm struggling I'm wrestling with this. And it's so annoying because you just asked me a couple of questions like and what I mean when I say it's so annoying. It's ultimately incredibly helpful. But I realize, oh, the whole time I was talking, thinking I was trying to demonstrate how much I knew so that you could like pitch your advice to, you know, I'm kind of like a semi expert you were just giving me rope to hang myself with. And then in a couple of like deft questions, I realized, oh God, I know nothing. And there's no pride in your heart. There's just a genuine desire to help people prosper, to move forward, to grow. So my very first question is,
0: how did you get so awesome? Oh, time out. Ladies and gentlemen, that was How to Fill a Love Tank with Alan Jones. I was all true. I, I, I know. Was, you know I, I'm a straight shooter. I, yeah. I don't want to just make a joke. I actually want to receive that. It's like. Uh, Are you crying? It, well, those, <laughs> listen, you knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Whenever you have a Stratton on your podcast, there's going to be oh. some emotion. Um, thank you very much. All true. Thank it's you. It's not flattery. I, I understand that. You don't do flattery. You don't do compliments. You do thoughtful, genuine words of affirmation. You do... The other thing you do is... I was thinking about this this Wait, morning. Is, is what's happening right now words of affirmation, tennis? Are you returning the <laughs> serve? <laughs> Everyone's so bored. They're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, but I will just respond to one quick thing, which is the thing... And I think you can confirm or deny this, but I think a thing that has drawn me to you in friendship, in pastoring, of course, but also in friendship has just been the love of wisdom that you have, which oh, everyone, of wisdom. course, is just nodding their head. Like, oh yes, Alan, he, he loves wisdom. And I love that. Like I love, so when you say, oh, you know, you ask me these questions, I can't, you can't do that with everyone. You can only do it with people that on a on a level love wisdom or want to l- learn, want to grow. So you're the easiest person to look like a genius, quote, I'm doing air quotes, people, to look like a genius around because you're just this, you position yourself as kind of a dry sponge to absorb whatever gold or wisdom someone might be carrying. So you make it really easy. I see what you did there. <laughs> but my my question is,
1: like, where did you learn everything I just talked about? Like, where did you learn your love of hard work? How did you develop this massive appetite for understanding because in in every area that i speak to you about so i'm not saying that you know everything about everything but you know A ton about the stuff that is of interest to you, and you're a huge reader. You're, I mean, your appetite is enormous, and you've got this amazing ability that everyone who meets you likes you. So you network in a way that's not sleazy. So, but I have conversations with you all the time. You're like, oh yeah. So I was speaking to this titan of industry, and I'm like, wait, how did you how how did you get in the same room with the person whose book I've just
0: finished reading? You're like, well, you know, blah blah blah. So, but like, how did you like? Where did that come from? I think it's just paying attention to what about the Lord really catches my heart and then just agreeing with that as a legitimate theme in my life. Right. So I've been caught, there's a handful of verses John ten ten sticks out. You and I have talked about that verse a lot, but this idea that Jesus came that we'd have life to the full is, I just don't know what to do with that other than pursue whatever that means. Right. This is what, Alain and I have talked about this, but I think this is also a foundational part of our attraction to each other because she's very much that way as Mm -hmm. well of what does life to the full mean? And so it's part of why I love wisdom like you, because I'm just like, oh, like there's, there's more, like there can, there can be abundance in every area of life. How do I get that? And so I think that's one thing, um, I would say I would honor my parents as a big part of that as well. One of one of the skill sets that my dad has that he's instilled in me is asking questions and asking thoughtful questions from an early age. I was that was a value instilled in me. He would bring me along on business trips and would, the joke was he would just make best friends with whoever we were sitting around, you know, we'd be like, which is what you do. Yeah, (laughs) That's literally you. Uh, But anyway, so my dad is great at asking questions and gave me that value. And I think that maybe that's the short answer I could give you is just, if you want to develop greatness, you need to become great at asking questions, right? Because that is the entryway towards wisdom and the entryway towards growth. And as soon as you, are satisfied with the level of questions that you ask, then I think you put a ceiling on the depth, uh, breadth, or height of your growth.
1: But I've noticed you do that. I've noticed you ask genuine... Like, there's been times when... when. I've been the teacher and you've been the student, you know, when you're like, Hey, I'm struggling with this verse or this concept, or I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this. And what do you think? And so I've been in your company when you're asking questions because you want to learn. But I've also been when the roles are completely reversed. You're the master and I'm the student and you're asking me questions to help me see, which is a very, you know, Eastern approach to learning. It's what Jesus did all of his, all of his learning, you know, and you know, later the Socratic method of, you know, just asking questions to make people think. So I notice that you do that on both sides. Did your dad, you mentioned your parents, but did they did they do that? Because what you just said is the first kind of question,
0: asked to learn, but you also asked to teach. Where do you learn that? Uh through rejection and sales, probably. Are you kidding me? No. I'm being serious. Uh so I learning sales and marketing uh is I should probably point out, I've yeah. completely failed to mention what you do. So
1: why don't you tell us what you do? You you are like, again, you you have a company that you help people massively increase their sales. So you have managed to find a way to make sales and marketing not slimy, which we're going to come to in a second. Is that a good way of describing
0: what you do for a living? Sure, yeah. Right. So uh, I'm a, I would categorize myself as a sales and business growth strategist right i work as an independent consultant people hire me uh, because they've either hit a ceiling or they are hungry for growth and they know that they have an opportunity but they're not really sure where their leverage lies right and i basically help give them strategy to impact more people create more sales create more margin in their life that sort of stuff but with a giant Asterix, that you managed to do that without
1: falling into the trap of the first 10 results on google which when you read them they're all nauseating like i can't emphasize enough how you managed to do that authentically Mm. with the brands and the people that you're working with not having to change their core identity
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no i i would say it's a big value i think it is the key is Deeply embracing your identity, actually, and also having a deep understanding of the identity and the aspirational identity of the people you're trying to reach. All right. So
1: I didn't mean to interrupt your flow, but I thought it would be good to to actually tell people who you are and why I'm asking these questions. So you were saying you learned to ask questions to help other people learn by being rejected in sales.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love telling people what's right. You asked Where did you learn this? I would say I was not, and I still think I have a ton of room to grow in this area, a ton of room to grow, but I can look back five years ago even and go, yeah, I really loved discovering what the right thing was and then telling you what that was. Yeah. Hey, actually, this is what's true. That's totally true. I get a lot of joy in that. No, but But, uh, what I was going to
1: say, even before you did this for a living... You are a natural evangelist about great coffee. Oh, man, you've got to try this restaurant. Not in an obnoxious way. Like, oh, Alan, for years, you were my great source of new apps, right? And you wouldn't tell me about the apps I didn't care about. You t- Oh, oh, Alan, dude, you need to check this out. This was built for you, and you'd be on the money. So, you know, you are very much a natural, uh, healthy influencer, a healthy evangelist. So, it,
0: mm-hmm. I'm just affirming that. <laughs> so... In a sales context, the first job I had in business development was a lot of trial and error, a lot of learning, okay, what does it take to actually get someone on board, especially when I, if I, (laughs) this is a big assumption, but when you think, oh no, this is perfect for you, and yet someone then walks away and and doesn't actually take action, right? Well, well, what didn't, what What was that about? Why didn't it work? And so that rejection, I think, led me to study people that were way better at sales, at marketing, uh, to study those things. And to be honest, it's a characteristic. You mentioned Jesus and his style. That's a characteristic I've always been drawn to in Christ is his ability to just like a hot knife through butter to completely change a conversation and get to the core issue because people would always come up to Jesus to talk about one thing. And then he oftentimes through a single question would change the conversation to be about the person. Mm. And in sales, people will hide behind the logic of what you're selling, but there's usually emotional reasons that are tripping them up from seeing is this a good fit for me or not? And so by asking questions, you're, it's just better leadership. I think, I think sales, most people think that sales is about convincing other people to do something. Um, I really disagree. I think sales kingdom sales is about leadership. It's about, uh, and you can't lead unless you're serving. So Jesus is actually servant of all. If you want to lead, you need to be able to serve. So, if sales is leadership leadership is service okay how can you support someone in a transformational journey they you can't just drag them into that right they need to feel powerful through the whole interaction otherwise it doesn't stick because it's not a choice that they made they just go oh was i just manipulated like or was i did they right. oh, oh, i can't. but like if if they are the ones saying oh i yes actually this is what i think about that or this is And um, yeah, so I don't think that I'm great great at that. Uh, Definitely not as good as people that I admire and respect and have tried to learn from. But I do think that that is one of the most valuable skills to develop, whether it's in in sales or in any type of leadership role.
1: Well, I'm glad you started down this track because one of the main catalysts to getting you on the show is a number of weeks ago, we received a listener's question that I thought, this is such a good question, and it deserves a much better answer than I could come up with. And to be honest, it started provoking my thinking, and I ran out of vocabulary to explain why I think what I think. And I, I remember calling you and saying, hey, dude, I got this listener's question. I think you'd be brilliant. Could I just, you know, do I will do a show and then just kind of call you in. And you're like, sure. And I was like, Wait, no, no, no. I, if I know Blake, this is going to turn into a whole, a whole topic. You <laughs> won't be able
0: to fit this under 20 minutes.
1: Okay, so here we go. <laughs> this question comes from Becky, and she asks, I've often heard you, Alan, talk about how it's much better to let God promote you than to promote yourself. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what that looks like for entrepreneurs and people who are in sales. For example, if a photographer is wholeheartedly following the Lord and also building a photography business, would you recommend that they don't do any self-promotion and just trust the word-of-mouth referrals approach? Or, if a musician is releasing a new album, what do you think is the wisest way to approach sales? I've heard many successful entrepreneurs and business coaches Talk about the importance of promoting your product, value, etc. And they give tips for overcoming the fear of self-promotion. And I'd love to hear you weigh in on the subject. And I started trying to answer it. And I just realized I'm tripping myself up. I'm contradicting myself left, right, and center. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call Blake. I'm going to hit record. And I'm going to listen to what he says. And
0: then uh, the problem is solved. So, Becky, here's Blake. Awesome. So... Becky, I wish you were here in this room because I just went on about how important it is to actually ask questions and I can't ask any more questions. So you might be able to maybe answer on behalf in terms of knowing your listenership, knowing maybe what you you meant when you were talking about self-promotion. But my first question would just be... Oh, wait, you're going to pull the question voodoo move on me, aren't you? You're about to ninja me. (laughs) Not necessarily. So, there's questions that are designed to help someone learn and maybe you kind of know where you're going. Especially in sales, it's even more powerful to just answer ask a question with no pretense. Right. Uh, to, to actually listen. And that listening is actually part of my answer to this question. But my first question would just be, what do you mean by promotion? Right. Are you asking me? I'm asking you, Alan Jones. Are you asking the type of promotion I don't like, the thing that I'm having this reaction to? So when Becky writes in and says, hey, you said this thing about self-promotion, mm-hmm. what, what, is, what are we talking about? What does that mean?
1: In my world, what it usually comes up is somebody wants something from me and they think the best way to get it is tell me how awesome they are. So it's not uncommon for people to tell me like, hey, I've just moved to Grace Center and you would have no idea how good I'd be at teaching the School of Supernatural Life and you know, here's all my accolades. Rather than me getting to know them... They present me with their accomplishments. I heard this a number of years ago. I think John Paul Jackson said it. When he was talking about training young prophets, he said this. He said, if you have to tell anybody who you are, they'll never believe you. But if they tell you who you are, you'll never be able to convince them otherwise. And so I'm a strong believer... In the book of Proverbs, obviously, where it says, the gift makes way for its giver and ushers them into the presence
0: of the great. Like, your
1: gift will make room for you.
0: No, I love that verse. (laughs) No, I'm being serious. There's actually a really amazing clip of Steve Harvey talking about that verse on YouTube, on his show. Yes, that's Steve Harvey. Yeah. And it changed my life. Well, the other one
1: is Proverbs 27.2, where it says, Let someone else praise you, not your own mouth, a stranger, not your own lips. So, for example, if we're at a dinner party and I meet somebody who I know would really benefit from your services. And I say, oh, Bob, you need to meet Blake. You know, Blake, you really helped me with this. I think he, you really be helpful. For him. He's just got this amazing ability to think and to ask questions. He's going to take my recommendation that I've just given about you far greater than if you walk up to him and like, hey, Bob, I'm Blake. You have no idea how amazing I am at asking questions. Like, I'm really good at this, and I can totally help you. That's kind of what I'm talking about. And so, you know, one of the companies I admire most is Apple. Do Apple do self-promotion? Yes. Do they do it brilliantly? Yeah. Do I feel slimed when I'm around, you know, their marketing collateral? Not at all. Do I see that in other individuals? For sure. But the basic principle is what I'm talking about when I say self-promotion, where you end up being talked at rather than talked to. You you feel an agenda rather than a value. Does that help? Make yeah, sense? that helps. Why do you think the Lord dislikes it? Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. I see what's going on here. I brought you on to dispense wisdom. Not not to be asking me quite you're the expert. Tell me the answer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is this is how we're gonna get there. All right, okay. I'm willing. I'll be a student. I'm so it's yeah, this is more so I, I want to share a point and to be honest, I'm not sure the best way to get there, but I know that. The people listening to you who have been here for 100, almost 200 episodes worth, they align with how you think and how you communicate. And so my goal is actually that something would be helpful, that something would land.
1: Do I need to wrap my head in
0: tinfoil? I
1: feel like you can see inside
0: my soul right now. (laughs) Keep going, My, My hope is that something would land. And so is my best opportunity to do that, to just start, you know talking and rambling because i can ramble you know that i think a better way if i can ask you some questions i can help people track with where we're headed i'll be the conduit cool so that's more so it's not i'm not trying to grill you or test you i'm more so just trying to give us a pathway keep me from rambling i trust your methodology so go plus i will appear way smarter when i keep my mouth shut (laughs) that's also in the bible i think so I asked you, why, why is that in the Bible? What is it about that that makes the Lord go, no, you don't want to do that? So one of the major
1: themes of the Bible is having trust in God, which is not theoretical. It's a lived out thing. And in the Old Testament, the Lord would consistently warn the people of Israel not to trust in Egypt. All right this whole metaphor is don't 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 put your confidence in the strength of horses or the strength of man don't don't go down to the princes of Egypt, come to me, so you know the message of the Bible is don't forsake me, and I think that verse isn't about your brilliance being known. That's not what the Lord's saying. it's like that approach to your brilliance being made known will not work you you by your own lips confessing is kind of like I have to I have to make a way for me. I'm literally running to Egypt. I'm running to princes. I'm putting my trust in in horses rather than the Lord will establish me. So I have promoted you because you are a person I believe in. I don't think that's wrong or I wouldn't have done that. Just think how how far people would have gotten this podcast if you started saying those things about you. Like, hey Alan, so glad it's about time that you've had me on your show. It's hundred and ninety six episodes. Do you not realize the wisdom I you know that would just be off-putting to everybody. So that, that's why I think the Lord is saying that, because he ultimately wants his people to prosper. He just doesn't want them to get in the way of them prospering.
0: I love that answer. Two things I took from it. One, you said trust in God. And the first thing I thought of was insecurity. Right. And insecurity is about identity.
1: Well, it's Bill Johnson's whole thing of insecurity is wrong, security exposed.
0: Hmm. So smart, isn't he? He is smart. So, the Lord doesn't want us to be insecure, and he doesn't want us to fail. Right. So, I think that's something to understand and to catch when you think about this question of self-promotion and, you know, like that. the heart of the Lord is that you would be, you would have security in who I am, God, and also who you are, and that you would prosper. Right. So... I think then let's, let's put it in terms for the business person or for, you know, you bring up a brand like Apple. I guess something that I think about is like a lot of things, God will give us commands about or instruction about it is what is our heart position Mm -hmm. where, what is the quality what's happening in our heart? And I'm, as you said, you can actually see an advertisement and it doesn't feel slimy. You've mentioned people that I've helped. Oh yeah. They're, they're able to, to run this ad or to promote this thing or do it. And it doesn't feel off or slimy or manipulative. And yet sometimes it's the same exact thing. It's, but they're both ads. They're both whatever. Right.
1: Isn't that the weirdest thing? (laughs) I can see two Instagram posts that are essentially the same thing. Uh Like I follow a lot of pastors, for example. And I can see two pastors post exactly the same thing. Maybe it's something about the service that's just happened. And, you know, at a crass level, they are talking about the church that they lead, right? But both of them are doing that. One of them, I, I can be inspired and encouraged by. I think that's amazing. And the other, I just go away going, oh, that just smacks of self-promotion. And yet, on the surface, they're exactly the same thing. What is that? Are we picking up on motive? Or like how, how does that happen? And how do you stop it happening? Yeah, I think I just asked you more questions based off the first question.
0: I haven't let you answer yet. So I apologize. Do whatever you want. So I was thinking about this self-promotion thing before I came over because I knew there was some element about that that we were going to be talking about. And the more I, I thought <laughs> I thought about it, I was thinking, oh man, I, I may just be a blank on this podcast because I don't think about self-promotion at all. Like I don't think about it. And I think that that is the difference. So to answer this last... I'm going to stop you right there. Because that would be like me saying, I don't think about preaching
1: at all. (laughs) You know, I just never think about podcasting. But your your job is to help people, businesses, corporations, entrepreneurs, musicians, whatever, to communicate to a wider audience about themselves. You're helping people promote themselves better.
0: How do you never think about self-promotion? Because I think more about connection and transformation. So I would say for the person struggling with the reason. So the reason I would love to have Becky on the line or someone is because I could ask questions to sort of uncover what's really behind this fear around self-promotion. Uh, because sorry, in her defense, I think she's saying, "Ah, uh, like I'm. I'm making
1: this up. I don't know Becky's reason for asking yeah. this question. But let's say I'm." I'm a podcast listener to this show. And I, uh, you know, if I've been listening, I'm like, I actually value what Alan and AJ have to say. And I've started this catering company. And obviously, in order to be a successful caterer, I need clients. And in order to get clients, I need to tell them about it. But hang on, didn't I hear Alan you know, say, right, don't right. do this thing that I feel like I need to do? Uh, could you clarify that?
0: I think that's where that question totally, comes from. Totally, totally. So I was in the business track, of our source conference which by the way since that track i've been a mess i've been like a human puddle in god's goodness like it was the best thing ever if you've never gone to a conference at grace center you go to one you can um, also get the mp3s
1: even if you didn't attend the conference oh right and you can, i'll put a link in the show notes you can go buy the mp3 sessions
0: for all the tracks but you were at the business goodness one. yeah it was so good but the reason, I didn't mean to lump Becky into this, but a number of people asked things about self-promotion in the business track. Right. And in Becky's situation, it's it's more of like, wait, I want to walk in obedience. I want to stay in authority. I actually want to do right. I've heard this, but I feel like I should be doing this. Right. So how does that, I totally get that. It's not necessarily a fear of self-promotion or whatever, but I have noticed, particularly in the church, There's a lot of like mixed emotions, anxiety, feelings around promotion, advertising, marketing, branding, any of that stuff to the point where I have to be creative about how I talk to people about what I do because church people, you know, non-church people, there's usually less of a thing, although sometimes there is, but there is this thing of like self promote oh, I don't know, you know, and so the benefit of having someone here is to ask, okay, what is really behind that? Because I think for some people, they're really struggling with that, but they're not struggling with self-promotion. They're struggling with insecurity. So that's something that you don't actually need to learn. Well, should I be promoting my, my band or my photography business? Or should I not do this? Or should I, how should many times should I, you know, and it's like, actually, actually, if we fix the identity insecurity security thing, you don't have to think about self-promotion. Because. Okay, because. <laughs> All right, connect the dots. <laughs> Finish the sentence. Okay, 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 okay. Hey, little creative thinker. I've got a okay. linear
1: thinker over okay. here who's like, okay. I got you, I got you, but I feel like you did one, two, and then miss 14, a few, 99, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you. Thank you for stopping me. So if I am totally, if I have, Complete, like trust in God. If I know that my needs, if I have security in my identity, if I believe that when I'm delighting in the Lord, He's giving me the desires of my heart. If I believe that God's totally for for me, and I have security in all this, then you know we had already identified the reason God doesn't like the self promotion thing. The reason it has a stink to it is that it's. Based in this insecurity and what is that insecurity the insecurity at least in my experience because it's not like I, I should also mention that i've walked through this it's not just oh I, why does everyone have problems with this i don't have any problem it's like no i've totally been there 100 percent. and there's a lot of insecurity about am i really good enough what if i can't afford to pay my bills what if i am a failure um is what God said about me really true? I think about David, and David was anointed king way before he ever became king. And the amazing thing about David was the lack of self-promotion, right? Right. And in fact, like the the times where he was questioning his identity, I was just listening to a talk about this, but the times where he was thinking to himself, like, oh, this is gonna work. Like, that's when his men started to turn on him. Things sort of went bad. But like, as long as he was strengthening himself in the Lord and acting in according, accordance with his identity, his anointing, his king, an army of guys came to him. He always escaped death. He was fearless to like go and, you know, fight and be right. You know, but like even he, he had Saul, he could have taken his position right then, uh, but he had security in who he was. And so I think if you have, Security, then you don't ever need to reach. You don't need to fight. And so the thing about self promotion, when we, the stinky way, as I'll call it, is that there, the stink that you feel is there's a sense of, yeah, God's called me to this, but I need to, I need to reach. I need to make this thing happen. And if I don't make it happen, it's not going to happen. And if you don't understand, if I don't get your validation, then it's all rooted in this, like, and it, that's what I'm yeah. feeling when I'm scrolling through Instagram and it feels off.-huh, you can feel it, yeah, so
1: let me ask you another question. So I mean, i I'm tracking with you. I understand the point. I'm trying to ask you what does it look like? So let's say I am a photographer. I've got to start a photography business. I'm in Franklin. I know my market, and I'm really confident. i and I, my identity issue is gone. now, what? Surely, from the outside, it still looks like I'm doing self promotion. Because when you say you never have to think about self promotion again, you mean I never have to be questioning my motives about it. Because I'm going to still be taking Facebook
0: ads out or whatever, whatever the strategy is. No, I, even more than that. So I never have to think about self promotion because I'm thinking about transformation, not about myself, but about who. What does that look like on Monday? I've 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 got ten thousand dollars to spend on
1: on transformation. Does that still look like Like, uh, Help me with that, because I
0: I feel like what you're saying, but I need it in concrete Uh language. And we'll get there. Okay, good. So, transformation. Who's transformation?
1: You're doing that thing again where you're looking at me like... I'm looking at you.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is not a rhetorical question. Okay. So, I don't think about self-promotion because I'm thinking about connection. Connection with who? With my customer base question mark? Uh uh-huh. Absolutely. Connection with my customer base. Right. And once I connect with them, my hope is that they are transformed. Right. So a couple things need to happen in order to to see that happen. So uh connection means there needs to be understanding, there needs to be trust, there needs to be vulnerability, uh th- there needs to be a deep uh compassion. I'm a firm believer that all good, if you want to call it promotion, advertising, marketing, Great marketing always starts with compassion. So I take these principles literally from the life of Christ. So, uh, for God so loved the world, right? So everything is rooted, this whole idea of spreading this gospel, of, of bringing this gospel was rooted in love for specific people. And I think promotion starts the same way. A lot of people, let's say someone's secure in their identity. <laughs> I'm a prophet to the nations. Hey, Alan, you probably don't realize this, but I'm a prophet to the nations. Uh, I think I should probably get up on Sunday. Just, I think, spoken enough. Let me get up there and speak. That maybe that person maybe is feeling very secure, but that's only half half of it. The other half is okay. So you have this identity, you have this skill set, you have this gift. Your voice is a gift to the world. Your, everyone needs to hear your album. It's half baked there's another piece and that's that other piece is why I don't have to think about self promotion so the other piece is who okay god um this is my identity this is the skill set uh, this is you know maybe the the place you've planted me now i want to be moved with compassion so who who's my i i'll help i'll help people with this this is usually the, the one of the biggest parts is that you need to be uh, in love. You, <laughs> not in a weird way, but you need, you need to be consumed with compassion for your audience. If you want to never annoy your audience again, be consumed with compassion with them. You know why? Because guess what? Sometimes you might annoy them, but you'll be annoying the wrong people. You'll be attracting the right people. Jesus had an incredible ability to annoy the wrong people right. and attract the right people. So this goal of, oh, I don't want to be annoying or Jesus also, he knew, we, like, we think Jesus just came to save everyone. Jesus said, the sick are the ones who need a doctor. So, he was comfortable ignoring, ticking off people that didn't need a doctor. Of course, we all need Jesus. Right. Of course, we all do. Right. But he came for the people who were hungry for what he had. Right. He he was motivated by compassion, and he knew and and deeply cared about the people that he was coming for. And he actually had identified in his mind, okay, who's a good fit for what I have to bring? Because I have a limited amount of time. And if you're listening and you have a business or you have a project or you feel like you have a calling, maybe you feel quite confident. Maybe you're like, no, I don't have an insecurity issue or I feel to look, but maybe the other side of that is how well do I really know the, the people I'm trying to reach and people I'm trying to serve. So if I'm consumed with connection and transformation, that makes the rest of business and marketing quite easy. It doesn't make it easy. It's still very challenging. It makes the heart issue around it quite easy. I teach people about leverage, and the greatest leverage you can ever have is spiritual alignment, is believing that God is completely behind and for what you're doing. If you don't, if there's a tiny tiny little crack and you're not hundred percent sure, you will you will put a low ceiling on what you can accomplish and the people that you can reach. And in my experience, when I started in sales and marketing, I was like, yeah, this is kind of a necessary evil. It makes the world go round. But you know, you gotta do it. Sales and marketing is sales mean? and marketing, yeah. yeah. It's a necessary evil to get by. Yeah. Right. And shifting that around, that doesn't work for someone like me. I need to be completely aligned with what I'm doing. If I then can see sales and marketing in the life of Christ and I can follow his model, now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm obsessed with sales. I tell people all the time, like, if you want to become a more compassionate, loving, unselfish, aware of others, impactful person, just learn sales and marketing. Most people think, oh, if I'm a sales I'm going to be selfish and it's like, no, 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 no. So I mentioned connection. You have to know who your people are and if you the, the, the times where self-promotion feels like is because what? Because this feels like it's more about you than it is about me. It feels like it's more about you getting to do the thing that you think you're born to do more than it is about serving. And actually Jesus gave you that gift so that you could serve a, a, a specific group of people with that gift. And that actually brings deep fulfillment in a way that doing your own thing never can, at least in my experience I never thought I would have fulfillment doing sales, but seeing my clients transformed where it's like, oh, we feel so stuck. One of my clients was like getting ready to sell the business and then I am able to charge them money because I want to see them transformed. I'm going all over the place right here. I'll put a bookmark there mentally. I'll come back to that. But seeing them transformed... See, and by that in my standards it's they they doubled their customer base in two months so they came in feeling like really small really like trapped oh we got to just clean this up and sell the business blake can you help us with anything shift a couple of things around they feel more powerful they feel like oh this is amazing their customer base grows and they decide not to sell because because they realize oh maybe we still will sell but let's let's wait a while because this is just going up and up and up right that is way more fulfilling than if I were to just be like, I'm going to write my book about, and I do want to write someday. I was like, about to say, yeah. and when is the book here? Because, <laughs> but, but it's the, it's the difference of like, if you feel like you're struggling with self promotion, oh, people just don't get it. That enjoy that, enjoy the hitting your head against the wall part, because what's that? What that will illuminate to you is God has something more fulfilling for you than what you think this thing is like you think that i hear people oftentimes they're talented photographers or musicians or uh, creative people they know they're good at a thing designers you know if i could just do what i just love to do all day and i just didn't have to worry about the money if i just didn't have to worry about the you know my bills were paid i could live comfortably that would that's really just what i want i don't want to be i'm not a marketer i'm not a sales you know if i could just do this thing that i love And we think that that is just the epitome of what professional occupational fulfillment will look like. The Lord has so much more, and it's all hiding behind sales and marketing. It's hiding behind, and the reason it's hiding behind that is because sales and marketing forces you, if you're going to be good at it, and some people will use it to manipulate, but the Lord uses it for good, it forces you to become compassionate about a people and so there's a, a a huge difference between, oh, I'm just gonna do my thing and not have to worry about the bills to like, no, actually when I'm doing my gift and I'm seeing people transformed by it and the transformation of those people matters because I cared about, I had a deep understanding, I empathized, I sink in, I felt their pain. So if I'm just doing a design work and I have to think about whatever, when someone uses my design work their success, yeah, it's, it's nice. As long as I'm comfortable, it's fine. But if I had to sink into their pain and then I got to walk them through this really vulnerable process of going, yeah, this is where you're at. And you know the Bible says where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So I'm obliged to ask you to make an investment in your own transformation because I believe that there's transformation there for you, but you got to be invested. So pay me for this. And we're going to give you this design work and it's going to help your business flourish. Now, when their business flourishes, the level of fulfillment is so much greater than if you had decided to cut short this idea of promotion or sales. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: now just thinking, everybody who's listening to this and has a, a company or a product who are now like, oh, we need to rethink everything we're doing. Now, what? Now what do they do? You joked about you haven't got a book, and I was like, "What are you doing this afternoon? Why don't you write that book?" <laughs>
0: but why haven't we heard any of this stuff before? You have, you have heard it. It's 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 just uh, applying it. You can you can find it in in the Bible. You can find it in the life of Jesus. Oh sure, Bible shamey. Perfect. <laughs> was that Bible share no i really don't want to, i really don't want it to be that way i'm being facetious. Okay. Uh, wisdom and well, revelation is hidden we have to find it so it might be there but well yeah so but you know practically like what what would you do you asked two different questions why haven't we heard it i would argue um that that it is out there um and that there's it is such a big step. If where you are right now is just finally believing that God has a purpose for you and you haven't gotten to the whole sales or whatever thing yet, that's amazing. For a lot of us, and for me included, that's a massive step and a massive journey. So I would, first of all, honor that if you've already like figured that out and, and you know, oh, I've got this gift or I have this thing I want to bring to the world. But there's another stage to it where it is, okay, God, now, like, who do you who do you want me to reach? And what's the, what's the best way to reach people and a mistake we make is we think, well, this is just, you know, I hear this from artists a lot. Um, we live in Nashville and I, I'm from the music industry. So that's why some of my examples are with artists, but you know, a lot of times it's, I just want, you know, as many people as possible and whoever, you know, it's for whoever. And we think we're being generous. We're actually being quite selfish, uh, because when you see my head shake, it's because my brain's discombobulated. <laughs> so help me understand that statement. The selfish Why is it selfish? It's selfish because it doesn't cost me anything. And I don't have to uh understand, sympathize, empathize, develop compassion for other people. And I actually will be satisfied. As long as I can do my own thing, I'll be satisfied. Because oh, whoever, however many people, if I'm committed to people's transformation, though, that's a very unselfish thing. That actually costs me quite a bit. So you're saying there's no care or no thought in the first approach? Mm-hmm. Well, there's there's care and there's thought. It's all about me, though. It's uh, all about sure. it's all about my my product, my thing. Like how and many I shares, I, how many I likes, how many? I listens? struggle with this uh, all the time. So uh, one of my biggest struggles is when i'm selling consulting services i think oh people really need help with this so i'm going to develop this whole thing i've I've done this i'll use a real example i developed a whole course around email list building for artists and i want you to guess how many artists purchased that course alan hundred thousand two hundred fifty. 250 just guess so this is your course for independent e- artists email list i made a course about email list building for for, for artists who, artists. who yeah. want to grow their Master marketer over here, I sold zero, zero <laughs> of those courses. The master guy who's going to tell everyone how to do it. And the reason that failed was because I had decided that I knew the answer um, before the people I was trying to reach even knew they had a problem. Whoa. And so the self, it seems on self, oh, I'm going to make this thing, it's going to help so many people. It was actually a selfish thing because I didn't have to become vulnerable to somebody else defining their problem or defining what they actually want. A lot of people will this happens in Silicon Valley all the time. They get funding for their great idea and it flops. They can't make sales because they didn't start with, well, who are we trying to serve? What what do they actually want? What are they telling us that that they want? You've done this really well with the podcast. Like you'll survey your audience. And you'll make adjustments, likewise. I'll just on
1: that, who, whose idea was that about serving your podcast audience? And then, oh, that was yours,
0: <laughs> was it? Yeah, I genuinely don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so practically, <laughs> what 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 might that look like? I would say clearly define who you're serving, and I'll give you a couple of, and maybe be like, well, I'm an artist. I don't know what like what I would say is what impact do you actually want to have on someone's life with what you're doing? What, what is, and some, for some of you, you've never even thought of that. You've just thought of, Oh, I just love what I do. You know, you know, maybe you're a painter. Oh, I love like, I just paint, you know, as I feel the Lord and you know, I hope people buy it. But like, just think for a minute about what someone, what's the impact. And if you don't know, ask the Lord, ask the Lord, like, who is this for? I forget that I'm talking to people that are like learning how to hear God's voice and like know this stuff. So like, yeah, that's your greatest asset. Ask the Lord, God, like who is, who have you made me to serve? And the answer might surprise you because it may be someone that you're like, Oh wow, I could never reach that people group. Or I never even thought of that people group, but ask the Lord, like who have you called me to serve? And then, and then ask the Lord to uh, give you a heart for those people or give you a heart of compassion. And then, Put that into action. Get on the phone with people. If you already have a customer base, get on the phone. I was helping this um, this new startup that was equipping worship leaders and worship teams in like smaller churches. Just the most noble thing ever. And they weren't really getting any traction. And it's like, oh, this is such a great idea. Like, Why isn't it working? And so often we're, we're, we can't see past our great idea. And I said, "Hey, um, like, Blake, can you can you write new copy for our website?" And I said, "Yeah, but here's what I need you. Here's what I'll need from you is I need to get on the phone with at least five people that have you know that is your target audience, and I need at least a half hour with them and just get on the phone because I don't know what they care about, I don't know what problems they have, I don't even know is this even a problem." Do they even see that this is a problem, what you're trying to solve, what you're trying to give them? Because if not, it doesn't matter how good a copy I write or what you do to your whatever, like it doesn't matter. And doing that, getting on the phone with these people, I was like, move with compassion. I was like, oh my gosh, like you're going through this? And so then I sit down to write my sales copy, my self-promoting, whatever it is. and It's not self-promotion. I don't think about self-promotion. I think about Janet who gets up at you know, 5 a.m. on Sundays and, and tries to get her team of volunteers there in time and the drummer doesn't show up and he doesn't know the parts and they have to, you know, and she's stressed about this or that and, you know, their church is getting smaller because the lead pastor left and they don't, like, I'm moved with compassion. I'm not trying to sell. I'm not trying to convince. I'm not trying to manipulate. I'm not trying to make sure that Janet knows how great we are. I'm just trying to sync with where she's at and knowing that I have something that can help her in that transformation, I'm going to clearly demonstrate a pathway to do that. So, I started Practical and then I sort of went into a story example, but I hope that was helpful. So, again, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you say all
1: that. You've given me like a hundred more questions. I'm lucky because I'm in a relationship with you and, you know, I can call you and say, hey, that thing you said, other people can I would imagine anybody with a business or anybody who's facing the challenges you're talking about are like, keep talking, don't cut them off. But I have to feed my children. So how can people, you know, how can people get connected with you? What resources do you have available? What you know, what great starting points would you give for people who want more? And actually, if people want to secure your services,
0: what's the first step in getting connected with you? Right. So if you're listening to this and this has been helpful or it's sparked. Uh, a thought process in you that you'd like to develop, I want to give you some resources. So first, I'll share maybe some a resource that might be helpful on this last idea that we were talking about of shifting, taking the step from, yeah, I know what I like to do. I know what my product is. I know what I value I have to offer, but I haven't really, I'm realizing I don't know my audience or how to communicate to them or, you know, all that type of stuff. It's not um, exactly the the thing that i've been talking about but a a short book that's worth keeping on your shelf is building a story brand by don miller which you and i have talked about the story brand framework that he has it's um really well told so go and buy that book uh pay money for it because where your treasure is your art will be also if you want to be transformed you don't have to, to hire me but you you know may want to pay somebody um something some type of investment um if you want to i would love genuinely, I would love to know if and how and in what way this was helpful because I'm also in a in a place where I'm trying to learn like, okay, God, who's you know who, who can I help? who you know, what aspects of this message do you have uh, or do I have to share? And so you can reach me probably the the easiest way if you just want to do it right now on your phone is on Instagram. I have an account where I really only talk about this perspective on business and the the what is it called handle username Mm -hmm. abundance marketer um the word abundance the word marketer that's all it is Um, i'll put a link in the show notes cool so that's if you just are interested in kind of my perspective on this and you can slide into my dms (laughs) (laughs) you um and then you know, I have a website and on the website, depending on what your needs are, if it is a fit for us to connect, even if for a short conversation or with, you know, more types of consulting, you can go to blakestratton.com. That's the website you can share with people. Um, it, that site is a little half-baked, but there are resources there for depending on where you're at and and if you, if you want to take a step, um, you'll be able to get a hold of me through that.
1: I wish we had more time because you're the type of person, Blake, that says, and I apologize if this frustrated anybody, but I had to. You're the type of person that says something and you're looking at me like, I totally understand what you just said and I have to do the thing, I'm sorry, stop the train. When you say this, what do you mean by that? And I just, I love that. I mean, most of our lunches and coffees are wild, sprawling, where we interrupt each other to check that we're on. And I love all that. I just wish that we had more time. Thank you for taking time out of your day to answer Becky's question. I know that Becky got way, way more value than my... I mean, I couldn't even finish my thought because I was tripping myself up on the very same thing that we were just talking about, that, no, I don't believe that people hearing about your products is bad. I don't know. And then I run out of words. And you've really helped me understand why is I feel icky about some things when I don't about other, and on paper, they're exactly the same. and you know, the revelation you dropped is just profound. For those of you who have been listening to this, uh, everything that Blake has said, I'll put links in the show notes to everything we're talking about. I encourage you to reach out to Blake. If this has been an encouragement to you, just reach out to him on Instagram. Thank him for um, mentioning this. And and if on Monday, when you see our, the posts about our episode, if there's people that you were just thinking, man, they would really benefit by listening to this. I've just having a conversation with a colleague about this, whatever. Pass on this episode because I want people to hear Blake's wisdom far and wide but for now Blake Stratton I thank you so much for joining us uh, we both go back to our wifeless lives yours is going to be filled <laughs> with basketball and pizza mine is just going to be filled with YouTube videos and I guess I have children to look after too so I'm yeah I'm going to go look after them but again thank you so much for being here Blake's friend you're
0: the best none of this would have been possible without you an absolute pleasure and an honor thank you so much and thank you everyone for for giving the ear to my ramblings Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me